0: and welcome to episode 380 of The Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Well, we are doing a house rules episode today, which I'm really excited about. We're doing house rules for after school. And I went back and looked and it feels like we just took a little break from this house rules series, but we have not done one since November of last year. So what? Right. Yes. I know. That doesn't seem possible. Time is weird. Um, We were doing them monthly in 2021. And the basic idea is that we pull our community for their best little house rules around a certain topic or parenting challenge. And a a house rule really is kind of a shorthand rule or system in your house that everybody can abide by and stick to that kind of um, smooths the path or reduces some stress or strain or arguments with kids. And so I don't know. I I think these are so fun to hear what different people are doing in their home. And the idea is not that you would then take these and employ them all in your house. It's sort of like you get to hear how other moms are doing things and then uh, pick one or two that would fit for your situation.
1: I think it's really useful, especially if there's like a particular pain point, because, you know, I'm not a huge rule maker or rule follower. But every now and then I'm like, man, it's just this one thing I can't get it together on, or my kids just can't seem to get it together around this one topic. And having a rule can just be magic because it takes all the pressure off mom. Like you don't have to always be the one policing everything. It's just the rule. The rule did it.
0: The rule did it. And like you said, if you find yourself having the same negotiation over and over again with your kids, or solving that same problem over and over again. It might just be time for a system or a house rule. And the way kids grow and change and enter, we enter into different family seasons. It's not like, oh, I've needed this all along. You may find yourself this fall with a need for some house rules around like lunchboxes or backpacks. And you didn't need that last year because kids were homeschooling or they weren't in school yet. So um I think we're always going in and out of seasons where we where we we benefit from these house rules and it's not like you apply them once and keep them forever. So um we chose house rules for after school because we have been getting a lot of interest and curiosity from our community around basically like the hours in between when school age kids arrive home and then kind of dinner and bedtime and um it was so interesting as the house rules came in what I realized is Today's episode may be slightly less ruly and more routine-y. I think what people are really looking for is like a glimpse into the order of operations in other people's homes. And so it was really interesting to see. There are some clever house rules we're going to talk about today for sure, but there were also a lot of just glimpses into after-school routines, which is so fascinating.
1: You know, I'm remembering when my older kids were um, starting school and my younger kids were still home. The after-school period for me for a few years was kind of mysterious because it's like the big kids come home from school and they have all these. Well, first of all, they they're unloading and they're um, what's the word they're like, you know, powering down after yeah. a long day of yeah. school. And then they need maybe for you to look at a slip that came home or their folder or some homework or they need a snack. But then you have these other kids who've been there all day. And I remember being kind of like, what do I do with this awkward time? Like it's It's very different for all the people, like everyone in the house is having a really different experience right now. And I think that can be um, a challenge, like figuring out how to make it work when not everyone has just had the same day.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And in our community, we have, you know, full-time working parents who are doing after school is actually more like daycare or aftercare pickup. And so in today's episode, you'll hear everything from kids coming home at two in the afternoon and that's after school in some houses. To like 530 or six o'clock. And and the idea is the same. We need a a process or like a ritual for kind of entering the home, how things like snacking and screens and downtime and playtime, how all of those things work, the putting away of the backpack. That's like the most common Mm -hmm. theme. So
1: Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to FromOurPlace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's FromOurPlace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: All right, Megan, we are entering into the, the time of after school, and we are going to start with the category I'm calling first things first because... So many of our listeners house rules for after school had to do with what is the thing or what are the things you do right away, right when you walk in the door. And it it varied. It was all over the map, as you'll hear. It's not that everybody's doing the same thing, but I think the main through line here was. It was repeatable, and it was not up for negotiation or interpretation. So a first things first house rule is probably going to be simple and short. You're probably not going to have your six-year-olds have eight things to check off a list right when they walk in the door, but there, there were some non-negotiables like hand washing, like hanging a backpack up, like emptying a lunchbox. Um, and the, what kept coming through in the way moms wrote these down was that, like, you do not pass go. You do not collect two hundred dollars. That's always what my mom used to say. Like, if it was it was a not up for debate. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what you are doing. Um, I want to shout out a couple that I thought were um, a little outside the box or made me um, think on them. Joanne from our contributor team has her two boys make their beds right after school before they get to do any video games or anything like that. Um, because there's no time they have an early start. There's no time to make beds or tidy in the morning. So they come home from school and do a little bit of tidying and making beds, which I just thought was such a a script flip, but I can see how, if you have an early start, that would just provide a little reset um for the rest of the day. So I really liked that one. Um we had one listener talk about having her kids make the next day's lunch right away, like unpack the the lunch and make the next day's lunch. I feel like you used to do that, Megan. Yep, um, I did. That's so smart. And then we had uh, a couple of different people who have their kids take baths or showers right after school first thing. And I my mind is blown by that because (laughs) it's such a struggle to get older kids who have a little more autonomy to like do their shower bath and then it gets later and then it's after dinner. I, I mean, I kind of love the idea of washing the school, the school stank off right after yeah. school and then you're clean and then the evening. Yeah. So those were the ones that stood out to me. But I, w- I guess like we had a whole bunch of hang the backpack up here, then put the folder here. And again, that through line wasn't so much what it was, but that like it is not up for interpretation.
1: So what I love about this for me after school time was always a time of relatively high energy, except for when I was pregnant, then it was like snooze time. But Mm -hmm. usually like I was, I was kind of still in active mode, able to deal with stuff. And that's why I loved getting stuff like um, the lunch boxes packed and things like that done and out of the way right after school, because especially if you hit an energy dive or if your kids take forever to put to bed or maybe you've got multiple aged kids with multiple bedtimes that kind of eat up the whole evening. Often, the way things are within the half an hour after getting home is kind of the way they're just going to be. What's that um, theory? Like a body in motion stays yeah. in motion, yes. but a body yeah. at rest stays at rest. Yeah. it's kind of like wherever your house winds up for me, at least by like five thirty, it's kind of probably how it's still going to be the next morning. Yeah. So I wasn't super strict about things like taking your shoes off because I wanted. I didn't want kids walking through the house with shoes on. I know there's a lot of families who do that. But for me, it was because I want to be able to find the shoes later. And if I let you enter the bowels of the home with your shoes <laughs> right. on, and then I start making dinner or something, I'm never finding those shoes right. or backpack or whatever it is.
0: I totally agree. And when you have small kids who are just getting into, say, like preschool through first or second grade, if they're in traditional school, remember that they are being groomed for routine all day at school. Um, so it is such a natural thing to say, when you come home, you hang up your backpack on this hook, you remove the lunchbox, you put the bento in the sink and the lunchbox in this drawer, you put the folder at this place on the counter. And some of our listeners got that specific. Um, but just remember that like, Yes, your kids are tired. Yes, they're going to need a snack, and we'll get into all of that decompressing and snacking and screens too. But it's—I have found—it's such a natural um, extension of what they already. It's so built into classroom culture, as we've talked yeah. about on the show, that it's not an imposition. It's actually probably doing them a favor. It's removing that mental load, even from your kids, to just know this thing goes in the same place every day, and it doesn't take very long. And then, like you said, Megan, as the as the wheels come off later in the evening. You know where the folder is and you know that the bento got put in the sink. So yeah.
1: One other one that caught my eye was from Faith, who said that her kids are elementary and they walk for pickup. So, weather permitting, they get 30 minutes to an hour of outdoor play and then home and straight into the shower. So the straight into the shower thing you mentioned, but I also wanted to talk about the play, the outdoor play thing. I think it's easier when the kids are walkers. Um, there was a few years where we lived really close to the elementary school and I would walk my kids home. And usually I would let them stay on the playground and play for like 30 minutes, sometimes longer if I was chatting with someone else, which was like, by the way, very unpleasant for me. Playground chatter with people I barely know is like, like the worst, but sometimes I would do it. Um, There was a couple of years where it was my brother, my brother and I would hang out, let the kids play. Um, So that is like kind of the one, I guess, throwing a little bit of a wrench in the works. If you also want the kids to get home and do all the things. And I think I just handled it differently depending on a lot of circumstances. Like, was there a baby who had to have a nap? Uh, what time was the family eating dinner at that time? Yeah. So like if the kids were all getting out of school at two forty-five, and we weren't eating dinner until five 30, they've got so much time to play that we can dawdle and get home much later. But sometimes those things would be thrown off a little bit. Um, and so sometimes it was more important to me that we all get home and just get down to business. And sometimes it was like, here, hand me, hand me your stuff and you guys just stay outside. Cause I would rather you were just out here while I like, I settle the house and get it ready for the after-school time. So I think it can change a lot from year to year.
0: I think that's so smart. And as you were talking, I was thinking it might be really relevant to what the recess or bell schedule is at school, which is something that's readily available, you know, through your school, but it's easy to assume these like sweaty, dirty, little kids are are coming home from an entire day of play, but we have to remember like recess, depending on your school and your school schedule, they might not have had some, a good like session of outdoor play since lunchtime, or maybe like it's really short in the afternoon. So knowing Mm -hmm. that it's almost like giving them a third recess or a fourth recess or something, which we know is important. So I love that. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads nicely into the next general theme, which was about both decompressing after school and then also reconnecting because as moms, we want to know like, how was the day? And there's like this kind of social emotional aspect to after school. Um, and something that kind of jumped out at me as I was reading the responses is this really changes with different kids of different ages in different seasons. So like, a house rule around putting the lunch boxes in the sink is that's a home management thing that like most of your family members can just, as you like to say, Megan, they can just do it every day or pound sand. Like it's not, it doesn't rely on, I don't know. They don't have to be in the mood. (laughs) No, they do not have to be in the mood. And in fact, an arbitrary house rule is sometimes like it's all the better because you do it no matter what, but what downtime looks like and what connecting with your kid looks like after school is so much more nuanced and it changes so much from kid to kid. So these maybe are not so much house rules as, um, just different approaches moms are taking to letting their kids decompress and also to share about their day. Um, and so I'll, I'll shout out a couple, but Monica just said like her, her main house rule is just take time to chill out. She said, I give them an hour to eat, relax, play, or just zone out. That's the rule that and put lunch boxes in the sink. So that made me (laughs) smile. Um, Cassie says that she plays two truths and a lie, uh, to get kids talking about their school days. She says, I think I learned it from this podcast and you are right, Cassie. I posted about that last year, but I credited someone else because someone else gave me that idea. It might've been a, a listener in our community. Um, but it's so, so smart. And, um, Uh, uh, Violet just had her first day of school, and she told me that their teacher played two truths and a lie in the classroom to have the kids get to know each other. So I think um, especially for like middle elementary that they get a huge kick out of that approach to get them talking. Um, Julie says she asks her kids two questions about their day that cannot be answered with just yes or no. Um, for example, what words did you make with your letters today? How did you practice kindness today? So I really like that approach of getting a little creative with uh, the how was your day question.
1: Okay. That's really fun. And I, I'm just thinking about like the years, the teen years, um, even the middle school years and how much that willingness to share can change. (laughs) And it's like how much they're, what they really want to do or their personality starts to kind of I don't know, become more front and center. That's funny because Isaac, who is 22, just moved back in with us a few months ago and he's kind of come and gone over the years, but now he's got like a full-time long, it's more like elementary or middle or high school was for him where he's got a job where he's gone until like 4.30 every day and then he gets home at the same time every day. And it, it's, he's just like he was when he was in middle and high school. Oh. He comes in, he just says hi to everybody and then he goes straight to his room and lays down and listens to music. And he did that all through high school. And I remember I used to get kind of bummed like, Oh, he doesn't want to hang out with us. Like all the other kids are hanging out at the Island, having snacks and talking. And he's very fun and friendly when he wants to be, but he just really needed that quiet time. Yeah. And so I feel like the questions that would have gone over really well with the little ones at some point stopped working with him. And it's not like. I knew when it was time to stop like making him talk to me after school, but there was a time when I was like, Oh, okay. So I, the, the one that popped out to me was um, Hopi said, as my oldest moved into her tween and then teen years, I had to adjust to not talking to her right after school. So after being at school all day, with a bunch of other kids and high expectations that the last thing she can or wants to handle is my asking or telling her anything. No, how is your day? No, if you need to blank. What homework do you have? Et cetera. Not even are you hungry or making her choose a snack? So I agree that like there's a few things, even a kid like that can easily handle putting their lunchbox in the sink or their backpack away or whatever. But sometimes it is good to have some space and that can look really different from kid to kid.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um Nicolette says that she is not allowed to ask about school or anything while her kids wind down for about 30 minutes. So, I really love this. I think um it it takes some time to figure out how your kid decompresses best or how much they want to share. Um but I think um as moms sometimes we make it all about us. Like if yeah. if they're not sharing, then we're not asking the right questions. We're not doing something right. Or, yeah. or they or they're not happy. They at don't school. like us. <laughs> yeah. And I really yeah. like truly I think it's not about you. It's not about us. It's about like individual humans like re entering the home sphere in their own way. And I'm not sure there's there's not a one size fits all. And it like like you said, changes a lot into the tween and teen years. Well, this one comes from Sarah, who is a full time teacher. And I know we have a lot of teachers in our audience. So her kids um, have their snack and do their homework at their after school care program until five thirty. And then she says she hears the main updates of their day on the way home. But when they get home, it's unstructured free play time, plus a little screen time before dinner. And they really don't do their their reconnecting and their actual sharing about their day until dinner time. But then she says we all sit down to catch up on everything and try to stretch dinner out to at least 30 minutes. And she says, it's also when I usually learn about schoolwork, we need to revisit with them before bedtime. So just a reminder that this is a family where that quote unquote after school is actually really unfolding into the dinner and evening hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, I mean, as a full-time teacher, if you are around students all day, I can imagine needing that break even from your own kids until later in the evening. So just again, like each family looks very different.
1: There have been many times in my life where I have employed some kind of mom gets an immediate break. Like just the ride home from school, the seven minute ride home from school was so much. And maybe I was pregnant and really tired, or maybe this is when I was working out of the home. I would just be like, okay, when like, I will, I will absorb as much as I can. We will come in the door. And then I am going to take to my bed for a little while. And you all can just have like, we're all going to have 20 minutes. I actually used to sometimes build in a swing by Dairy Queen after school. I've mentioned the old Dairy Queen trick in a few different contexts on this show. um, For like forcing outdoor play, (laughs) and I would just give them the little star shaped bars and have them go outside with them. But I would also sometimes do that, like on the if it was a day where I was already feeling kind of wiped, and it was I was picking kids up from school and thinking I just want to lay down for like 20 minutes. I would drive through the drive through and pick up some Dilly bars or whatever they were into. And then that would occupy them for like 20 minutes while I had a little quiet. And then then I would feel like I could get up and just like hit it and be really in it. And then dinner was great. And we would have like a longer dinner. And, you know, it was more leisurely and more connected. But sometimes, man, I needed that break, too.
0: Absolutely. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore.
1: the steel's is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: All right. So, Megan, it was so funny as I was preparing this and reading the comments. And of course, I knew we would get into a discussion about like, you know, kids watching TV after school or playing video games and But then I realized, I feel like there is a subsection of every house rules episode about screen time. Like we've done house rules for travel and people talked about screen time when traveling and, um, it's just so funny. Like it's like, well, it's just,
1: it's just ubiquitous. It's like ubiquitous parenting issue that we can't get away from no matter the context, the time of day, where we are. It's like,
0: it never goes away. It never goes away. Um, so we Obviously, our listeners had a lot to say about screens after school, and it was kind of three kind of camps emerged, and we'll touch on two of them. So the one camp that doesn't require much more discussion is there were people who just had a house rule of no screens during the school week at all, which is totally valid choice. There's not much more to add here other than I have done this, and once it's a house rule, it is, it is pretty easy to enforce I think there are some downsides, as we've talked about in in some technology episodes. But like once once you decide that's your rule, there's not much else to say about it. There's just no screens. So the two other camps that we will kind of chat about today, um, one was delaying screens until other something else was done for some people. It's homework or dinner or after you play outside or after you read for 20 minutes. So there's like the delaying screens until something else is done. But then there was like a whole camp of people who really are employing some screen time right away, almost right away, maybe after that whole backpack lunchbox thing, almost right away so that the kids or mom can just veg out a little, just like you just talked about, Megan. So it was fun to see that like these opposite approaches can work equally well depending on the family. Um, So I'll I'll shout out one from each camp that these comments I really liked. Um, Brandy, I could not mention this because it's a house rule that rhymes. So in Brandy's house, they have a rule called read a book before you look. She says Hmm. we always have a story in snack time before screens come on, whether the screens are for homework or entertainment. I feel it gives us a minute to bond and reset our home environment. But I just like that it rhymes. So read a book before you look, meaning they're always going to do a story before looking at any screens. I love that. That is cute.
1: That seems like the kind of thing you could put on a poster on your wall, too.
0: I know. I know. I love it. Um, And then Anna Lynn was one of the moms who said that um, her kids get about 30 minutes of screen time as a way to decompress before jumping into anything else. But here's the smart thing. Headphones required. And I really love this because, (laughs) yes, because as a mom, I don't necessarily want to spend the first 30 minutes of reuniting with my kids, listening to three different you know, forms of screen entertainment or right. one TV show. So I really love the beauty of kids plugged into a device with headphones. It's its own kind of, it's its own kind of um serene setting. So th- I just thought that was really smart. Um, Annalyn was not the only one who uses that kind of thirty minutes of screens to decompress. I just really liked the addition of headphones. You know, I think
1: that there's something to be said to and we've talked about a lot on the show about understanding what times of day you as a mom can handle a lot of things like how much do you, so let's pretend you're not a no screen time during the week at all person. You, you allow it at some points of the day, but you, it's different, you know, yeah. in each family, obviously, if you know that you're not going to be equipped to handle the whining that might come with asking them to turn off a game they're not done with or whatever it is, during say the seven to eight o'clock window, then don't have that be the time that they get to do it. (laughs) Like pick a time when you're going to have the wherewithal or feel maybe you're going to get a little boost and feel rested or, or maybe a time where there's going to be something for them to transition to. That's going to be exciting to them or interesting to them, not bedtime. Um, I think that that that's something I struggled with for a long time. Like, well, okay, they're going to get an hour of screen time a night or whatever it is when's it going to be? Mm -hmm. And I think I made the mistake for a while of having it at a time that I didn't want to deal with it Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to give it up. Yeah. And sometimes like it, I feel, I feel like when my kids were smaller, I can't remember exactly, but I think where we landed was more screen time earlier. Yeah. So that at some point it was just done and we didn't need to talk about it anymore.
0: I I'm really reading these comments. I am realizing just how how many reasons that this might be a really good choice for different families. Robin, both Robin and Sarah kind of wrote their comment, like as if they might be the only one. Robin said, unpopular opinion, but my daughter needs to decompress after school. So she gets screen time when when we get home, like as soon as she gets home. But there are no arguments when I tell her she's done and it's time for homework. It just works for us. Um, and similarly, Sarah, who's, Um, little guy is only two, but he's in all day school. She said, I've tried to fight it for so long, but I actually found it helps him decompress. And then he's much happier the rest of the evening. School is super stimulating for him. So he just needs that time to veg out. So yeah, not only to your point, Megan, about like you as a mom and your ability to like police or deal with the inevitable pushback. But also like recognizing when school has one kind of effect on a kid and screens a a limited amount or a finite amount of screens have this other effect. And if they are, you know, lo and behold, happier or easier to work with the rest of the evening, then why not? Right. Yeah. Well, let's move on and talk about snacking. Um, And this one was all over the map. Um, and it really depended on kind of when people got home and how hungry their kids were. And it wasn't all like set rules, like exactly what you can eat and exactly when, but more approaches for making sure that hangry kids get fed um and that dinner doesn't get quote unquote ruined. I just have to like pause here <laughs> and own up to the fact that I am not very rule oriented and I tend to be really kid led when it comes to eating after school. And that might, I guess, surprise some people, but it is a time where I am feeling extra like nurturing, uh, for my kids when they're returning to my little nest. And I actually am more, um, I don't know, like service oriented, uh, acts of service in, um, the form of after school snacks than I am any other time of day. So I will short order cook anything for like all three kids, like shout out what you want. I will make a kid a sandwich. I'll make eggs and toast. We tend to do pretty high protein, high calorie after school snacks, and it probably does ruin some dinners. I'm not using the word ruin dinner, dinner nutrition. I am sure in my house suffers from the way I have always approached after school snacks, but it's just kind of how we do. My, my kids eat a ton between three and four o'clock and they don't eat as much at dinner, but we do sit together at dinner. So it's just like kind of backing into the nutrition versus the, um, sitting around the table. And I guess I just see it as a more fluid eating period from after school through dinner. But we did have lots of votes for like a more limited snack so that kids will eat an entire dinner.
1: I think that, well, first of all, if we're just talking about nutrition, um, as you and I have talked about for years now, probably since day one on this show, nutrition is not limited to dinner. And there's lots of times during the day that that can happen. I think probably where the moms who are more limiting are coming from, because I think I kind of struck a, uh, in between spot is that it can be like so demoralizing as we've talked about to cook a big dinner and then have no one cook and no one eat it. So I remember when my kids were younger, now it's a little more fluid. I mean, it's pretty fluid now. Um, I'm not standing around making things quite the same way that I was, but it still, it is also a nurturing time for me. And I do love to feed my people mm-hmm. right after school, but I would have a cut off. And then it's like, you also can't now just rummage through the, you know, now it's 430 yeah. and yeah. dinner's going to be ready in an hour and a half. So now is not the time to yeah. pull out all of the lunch meat and cheese and yes. make yourself a triple decker sandwich. So how right. about this? You know, that can happen at three 30. Um, and I'll, and I'm the same, like I'll, I'll make stuff if the kids want it, I'll have snacks out and things like that. But at some point it gets put away. And then if someone comes in the room after that and wants to eat, I'll just say, you know, I, I'm going to make dinner. Could you maybe just have like a half a banana or yeah. something? And over the years, the expectation has been set that that's how we do. And they'll now ask me like, mom, are you cooking tonight? Like a big meal? And what time yeah. is it going to be ready before yeah. they stuff food in their faces, which I appreciate because they're thinking of me. And there is the time sometimes when dinner's late or where I'm not really going to cook. So it's, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to unfairly make a rule that doesn't always play out the way I would want it to anyway. Um, but I also don't want them stuffing like leftover pizza in their face right before dinner.
0: Yes. That that's a really good, And um, as I was reflecting on last school year, because this one as as of this recording, this one is not really underway yet in full force. But last school year, we had a lot of evening activities. And so dinner was sometimes like that haphazard thing where depending on which kids are home and who's heating up a plate later. So it was also a little bit of like an insurance policy for me to be like, this is your 330 meal and your next meal might be a small one at five or another big one at eight. And I don't know. Maybe it's helpful to think of like the after school eating and the dinner time as they are linked. They are like in a symbiotic relationship with one another, but there's some ebb and flow where sometimes the after school is bigger or more nutrient dense, and sometimes it's light and then you have dinner. Um, Meg did say that um, her kids' only choice for a snack after school is a fruit or veggie. She said they're always hungry, but we were struggling to get them to eat dinner an hour later. When we enacted this rule, it fixed the problem. So, like I I mean, like it works, especially if dinner's just an hour later.
1: Have you ever done the thing I, I was just thinking about how dinner and, you know, after school snack can be connected depending on how late one happens and how early the sure. other one happens. Um, I've actually fed my kids up to an hour more early something I had intended to be part of dinner before. If it's that kind of dinner, like sometimes yeah. there's a dinner where there's going to be like an appetizer or there's going to be a salad or uh-huh. something's going to come out way before I've actually stretched the time or I guess connected the times between uh-huh. snack and dinner even more by being like, okay, sorry, guys, like dinner's not ready yet. And I don't want you just to randomly snack, but here." Yeah. This happens to be like the bread is already buttered or yeah. the, um, the rice is already done or whatever, have some of that. And then yeah. it kind of feels better. Cause it's not, my effort isn't going to be doubled or go to waste.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I love that Kristen said, this is like kind of also belongs in the, um, connect and decompress category, but she said, everyone eats first and we ask questions later. The hanger is strong in my family. And it's Meltdown City or Mommy, I drew the skeletal system today, depending on blood (laughs) sugar. So if you have kids who come home really needing food or water, because a a dehydrated Mm. kid can also be a very grumpy kid. But then you just, yes, very much prioritize those those snacks. I never Megan, were you ever one to like have a specific snack in mind for after school? Like today we're doing cheese and crackers or today like we're doing hummus and pita or something like that.
1: Okay. I'm going to say that probably when my kids were very little and I was like, I'm going to guess the first year Jacob went to school, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. like when I was just planning everything and I was kind of into that a little bit more, but I would say solidly for the last 15 years, it's been more like rummage through the fridge. I'm always going to have fruit. I'm always going to have cheese. I'm usually going to have something else that kind of goes with those things. So those are kind of fallbacks, but it, sometimes the kids want toast or, you know, so it's, it, it's pretty different. And they also go through, um, phases. So I remember for a while, every day after school, Clara wanted Nutella toast every day. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of got over that. And I don't think I've bought Nutella in two years now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just
0: a lot of, um, Toast with peanut butter and sliced bananas. Um, mm-hmm. That's actually a popular breakfast or after school snack in my house. So Chelsea, I think it's Chelsea. Her Instagram handle is cheerful. Chelsea. Um, Chelsea said her kids finish what's in their lunch boxes before they are allowed to ask for any other snacks. And I feel like I maybe did this once upon a time. But I did I,
1: this once upon a time too. Yes, I
0: have not in a while. Um, but I, I think that's a great um, strategy for reducing food waste and just peeking in and seeing what they were able to eat at lunch.
1: I think it's great for, first of all, reducing food waste. And also I started employing this when my kids were getting older and having more ability, like more access to things like things outside of what I was giving them in their lunch boxes. Like they were Mm -hmm. getting snacks from friends, I think, or maybe buying them at school. Like I just think they were getting their hands on other foods Mm -hmm. and it was very irksome to me to send A nicely packed lunch, and then have half of it still in the box when they got home, and they can't seem to tell me why they didn't need to eat all day. Right. Um, That's when I started to get a little more pointed about that. Before that, like when they were really little, I feel like usually what would come home would be a crust, or smashed, you know, um, applesauce pouch with like a little bit of applesauce left. I wasn't gonna make them go back in and (laughs) slurp every last remnant out of the bottom. But if they were coming home with a full baggie of crackers. Uh huh, and um, half of a sandwich, and you know, a whole thing of grapes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, so are you just not ever hungry, or are you getting your calories somewhere else? And so it did help me kind of get to the bottom of it when I was a little bit more hardcore about making them at least attempt to finish it off.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, I did think of one little like mini house rule for us because even though I am pretty lenient about letting them get into almost anything and make them lots of different things. Um, I don't like when a kid just has a bag of open pretzels or chips in front of them and is eating out of the bag. So we do have a house rule that you like pour yourself some kind of, uh, portion.
1: Oh, you mean like, so not their individual bag that they took to school, but like, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I have the same way. I have like an immediate, like I think it was my mom would never allow us to do something yeah. like
0: that. It felt yeah. very rude. So, the funny thing yeah. is, I do it all the time. I stick my hand into, but I'm the mom, and the bag You're of allowed. chips lives on my. The whole counter. bag of chips is yours. It it's is all yours. I bought it, but no. As soon as I see them doing that, it's not so much what they're eating, but I just say, grab a little bowl, pour yourself a portion. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Did you have? This is not really about snacking exactly but it is kind of because I feel like snacks snack time is a time of day when really any size bowl cup, whatever plate might come out. Mm -hmm. Did your parents or do you have rules about what kind of beverage could be consumed out of what size glass?
0: Oh, that's so funny. No, I don't think there's no house rules in my family of origin or my family, but there are lots of preferences. So, um, it's like I kind of know which kid really likes to drink water out of a mason jar, and like which kid likes a lot of ice, and which kid likes a plastic. I have um, like plastic. I still have some plastic spoons, and like Violet really likes to eat anything hot, like super oatmeal mm. with a plastic spoon. So anyway, lots of idiosyncratic preferences, no rules. How about you?
1: So when I was growing up, we were only allowed to drink juice out of juice glasses. Oh, okay. so the little ones. Yep. And milk was always poured into um, like a tumbler, like a big glass, a big because glass. I think okay. in my, my mom's mind, like juice was a treat sure, and a snack and milk was like part of the meal. So it was mm-hmm. like a much larger portion. No, when I was really little, I got them in those little Tupperware plastic cups. You, you remember those, they were like, um, multicolored and they're I'm doing Like I'm my, I'm doing this with my fingers right now. They're about five inches high. And like when I was really little, but okay. as we got older, you would have a proper glass full of milk. So my ex-husband had the opposite in his household. He was, so he would pour, like he would pour my kids an enormous glass of juice and I, I, it would just make me go like, no, that's not what we, we don't do that. We don't pour enormous glasses of juice because he, or maybe he had the same rule growing up, but he felt like it was a deprivation or something. I don't remember where it came from. Counterbalancing.
0: Yeah. Yes. Like he was trying
1: to give the kids all the juice they wanted. And I remember thinking, saying like, that's just not how it's done. Like that's not, you don't drink juice out of those glass. That's why there's right. a juice glass. It's right. a small glass for juice. So, and it, it's not really logical. I'm, I don't no. hold to that now. The kids can drink out of whatever cup they want, but I kind of yeah. had a hard time getting over that.
0: I think that's funny. Um, I... I actually like juice out of a small glass. So I would say that was probably built in, even if I didn't think it was a rule, it just feels right. So I'm on team tiny glass. I also have a
1: lot of stemless wine glasses that are small that came from like tasting rooms. Mm -hmm. And my kids love drinking out of those because they're small. And I think that for them, it feels like the perfect portion of anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we have a few more comments that I just, I held on to because I, there was something unique that I liked about them, but they didn't fit into a specific category. Um, but I just liked the sentiment. So let's shout out a few more Megan before we wrap up today. Um, and I'll, I'll start with one that came from Laura. Cause this is really specific. Her daughter has an OT occupational therapist who recommended doing a heavy work activity before any tablet time. So I guess this falls into screen time. Um, and I actually went and Googled what heavy work is in the like OT world. And it is what it sounds like. Anything like where kids have to really push or pull or use big, large muscle groups, um, and good for that proprioception and, um, has a whole bunch of benefits. I find OT so fascinating because I think most of it we can all benefit from. Um, and I have a couple kids who probably, could have benefited from some of those tips and tricks, although we were never uh, like formally seen by an OT. Um, so I, I bring that one up because um, I think I have learned what my kids need physically as well as that social, emotional, like talking and reconnection piece over the years without even knowing I'm doing it. But like Violet really needs to like lie down and spread out sometimes after school. Mm-hmm. She likes to have her back rubbed and, um, sometimes kids like are tired of making eye contact. Sometimes they want to, didn't you say was it Owen who used to curl up in a ball? Like just remembering that, like even physically kids are processing that school day in different ways. And I don't know a lot about OT or heavy work, but I thought that was a really interesting comment. He,
1: he, he, well, he's like the kid who likes to cram himself into small spaces. So even now that he's a, you know, long legged 16 year old, almost 17 year old boy, he will bury himself under pillows and blankets. And remember, I used to come home sometimes from work and not be able to find him because he was on the couch, but like buried under (laughs) laundry and stuff. And I'm like, we're so in. And he was right there, just under the couch pillows. So yes, I also remember after school being a time that kids would be the most likely to engage in my most aggravating, like the behavior that really aggravated me. And that was like draping themselves over the back of the couch cushions. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. which
1: as someone who's owned many cheap couches in my life and knows how quickly that completely wrecks your sofa, it would drive me nuts. I'm like, you can find any place else, but it's like that, that need to sort of spread out and drape oneself. Yes. And to reoccupy
0: space according to your (laughs) own body needs, because school is so much about containing your body to fit yes. with a very specific ex- set of expectations. And so you're so right. It is like, um, yeah, it's whatever leaning back in your chair for on the floor, um, spinning yeah. around pushing. Pulling. I feel like sometimes yeah.
1: they just wanted their heads to hang or their <laughs> limbs to hang. Like they wanted yeah. their, they wanted to do an inversion, perhaps if they'd known how to do yoga. Right. Um, I would have needed less therapy. See what I just did there yep. for yoga yep. therapy yep. angle again. Yep. But I mean, like I didn't know, I didn't have the toolbox, I guess, to like direct them toward that because that's not, I didn't recognize that that was what they wanted. I just thought they wanted to be, I don't know, goofy, you know, but I think it really was, yeah, a body autonomy and like taking up space and holding yourself in, you know, how it feels really, really good if you've had to sit up straight all day for some reason and then you get to just hang your head down Mm -hmm. like in a, like a forward fold. Um, It feels so good. To let your head like fill up with blood like that. And it, little kids just instinctively know that. And yeah. we're just looking at it like you're wrecking the couch. What are you doing? Right, so,
0: right. right. Yeah. Yes. So true. Um, well, this is kind of along the same lines. Sarah said, if weather permits, I ask my kid if he wants to go to the playground after school. He knows his body and what it needs. Some days it's to get the extra wiggles out and other days it's heading straight home because he's tired and spent from the day. So what a gift to give kids yeah. the ability to actually like check in with their own body and see what it needs. I really liked that. Um, and Christina said the time between my kids getting home and dinner is their time and they can decide how to fill it. Play outside, TV, etc. Usually something enjoyable after learning all day. And I think that one stuck out because we're calling this episode House Rules and that's a very like parent directed, this is what you will do. But, um, there's plenty of room also for that kid directed time. And I just appreciate that perspective that like, maybe we don't need a whole huge routine.
1: Maybe the rules for mom, you know what I mean? Like to remember to, um, ease up a little bit. Sometimes I think that's not a bad idea.
0: Yeah. Well, I
1: wanted to call out, um, one of the, li- in the list of rules, of uh, that Michelle suggested or that she does in her home. And this was just making me smile because Clara just had her. It's called um, school startup day, I think, and it's just when you go, uh, you go in and get your computer and you get, you know, your schedule and all that stuff. And when they handed her her Chromebook, they said, "And remember what the expectation is." And Clara kind of blankly stared back and sort of <laughs> nodded. And they said, "A hundred percent." So Michelle's one of Michelle's rules, and she has six of them. Um, but Chromebooks get plugged into charge. So what she was mm. saying is when you bring this back to school every day, it needs to be charged. And that is one of the things. Can you even imagine being a teacher and dealing with kids with uncharged? No computers.
0: I cannot. It would be maddening. It's just like a act of
1: service that we can do for teachers.
0: Yes, seriously. And Oh my gosh, my middle school, my teenager, like lost a charger last year, never had his computer charged. And yeah, I don't even know if there were school rules and we didn't have any house rules, but it was a point of contention for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. I liked Michelle's list because it was like so specific, exactly what happens. And a lot of it is what we've mentioned already. Backpacks by the door, Chromebooks plugged in, lunch, snack. Um, she also said they start snack with anything left over from lunch, then play outside. And then the last one, which I loved, was that after all of that is done, an Alexa timer reminds the kids to come inside because they're playing outside um, and do any homework. So just a little reminder that you probably have some smart technology already in use in your home in the form of a smart speaker or your watch or your phone or all the things that um, the beginning of the school year is a fun time to experiment with some of those Bells and whistles that maybe like you know it can do that, but you've never really dug in and set it up. Um, I mean, going way back, I used to have like a playlist come on when it was time to put our shoes on in the morning and like a lullaby playlist come on at a certain time at night. And so you really can employ that technology in service of your routines. And so just a simple Alexa timer reminding the kids to come inside and do homework is one less reminder that mom has to do.
1: And yes, I mean, again, it's like Alexa said so. Sorry, kids.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that mean old Alexa. Oh my gosh. Well, this was really fun. I feel like I have so many good ideas. And like I said, as we record this, our full school routine has not really started yet. Um, but before we say goodbye for today, just a reminder that our sponsor, Paramount Pictures, has Sonic the Hedgehog 2 now out on Blu ray or digital, wherever movies are sold. And cue that up for your next family movie night to celebrate back to school. Again, it's Sonic the Hedgehog 2 from Paramount Pictures. It's rated PG and it is out now.
1: And coming up this Friday, I've got a Voices episode with our contributor, Catherine. She's actually interviewing me about um, homemaking and parenting through the season. So just kind of how the seasons have inspired my approach to running a household and parenting my kids through the year. So it's really fun. I'm excited about this one.
0: I'm excited too. And we're talking like it's now almost officially the fall season. So I'm sure you will have lots to say about fall, which I feel like is a lot of people's favorite, favorite season. All right, everyone, we will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.
1: The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K. E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code the hour to save 20%. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave The Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to The Mom Hour's show listing. So When you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the mom hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.